Father, uh, we just thank you so much for the, the joy we have in celebrating these things. Um, certainly, Hallmark and others have made lots of money out of these celebrations, but we take these things to heart, Lord. Uh, that you have provided for us in good ways, whether it's uh, through mothers, through meals, through fellowship, and most of all, through, through Jesus. And uh, we're grateful that you also provide through your word, Lord, that you give us good food to eat, that you give us what nourishes our soul, what teaches us about you and causes us to trust you more. And so we pray that you would work through your word this morning, Lord. I pray that you guide my heart, my lips, my mouth, uh, and my mind, Lord, to say only what you've ordained. I pray this in Christ's name. I missed you last week. I missed you. Did you miss me? Yeah. yeah I, was, I had a good time. I, I'm thankful to Danny. I want to give a, a public thanks to him just for stepping up. It, it can be a difficult thing to preach, not only because you're in front of a crowd and there may be public speaking, uh, uh, just fear, uh, but also because you're speaking on behalf of the Lord. Uh, and there's fear before the Lord of wanting to say what he tells you to say. So I, I'm thankful to Danny for doing that. I do have to say, though, uh, you make it difficult for me because you gave out candy last week. <laughs> Come on. Uh, nobody's going to like what I have to say because I'm not giving out candy bars. But um, anyway, I appreciate you. know You just saw the love that we need for the Word of God. That's important for us. We should be reading. And that's what we do as a community here. And that's what we do ongoing. I, I was thankful for the opportunity to go and share the Word of God with the 50 men over in the wilderness in Washington. And I got to tell you something that was funny. I got done with my first message and I got done and they said, you know what's really interesting? When you preach, your southern drawl really comes out. <laughs> and I knew you'd all love that. So anyway, I, took a, I took a piece of us over there with them and, and they sent their greetings back. And it, it really was good uh, to, to, to be there, but also to come back. I was excited to come back to all y'all. Uh, so anyway, we're going back to the book of Colossians this morning. Back to the book of Colossians, and we've been looking at what it has to say about Jesus. Let me ask you something as you turn to Colossians chapter 1. Um, how many of you have ever bought a car? You buy that car, it's new, it's looking great, polish it, do everything you can, but I mean, a little ways down the road, no matter the car, it just starts to fall apart. Right? They've got to try to buy that warranty, but everybody knows that when you drive the car off a lot, it's going to fall apart. And I know that doesn't happen with cars from Deacon Jones. I know that doesn't happen. But you buy the car, it just immediately begins to fall apart. You buy the warranty. Some of you have had little lemons that's happened, huh? That may have happened. Well, maybe you're not in the car. Let me ask you another question. I'm sure every woman in this place will raise their hand. How many of you have ever bought shoes? Right? All the women raise their hand. Um, you buy shoes. They're pretty. You try them on. They fit great. And you wear them out. And they just begin to fall apart. They don't fit your feet quite right. The soul's coming off. It falls apart. And, and, and so I probably got to one of those two categories. Uh, whether you're a... A man or a woman, even a boy or a girl, that like to have some shoes that are starting to come apart and just bottom off. You know, so it's happened to us all. And that's just kind of one of the facts of life is that um, as this life goes on, things just seemingly fall apart. But I want to give us some hope this morning as we go to the Word, looking at Jesus. It's going to tell us how He's in control of all things as we go there. Uh, the last few times we've been talking to Colossians, we've been talking about how Colossians says, This is who Jesus is. We're calling Jesus 101. And started, it says that Jesus was fully God and fully man. It also said that Jesus created everything. That everything you see that's been created was created by Jesus. There was nothing that created that was created that hasn't been from Jesus. And it even said that he created the things we can't see. And talk about angels. Uh, talk about cherubim. We've talked about how he created um, demons. And even created Satan. Jesus was the creator. So we've seen him fully displayed as God. Fully God, fully man, creating 
verse 17 and get a little bit more of that insight about what Jesus is as God, who he is, Jesus 101. So here we go in verse 17. We just got one verse this morning. It says this. And he, that's Jesus, is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. You got that? And he is before all things, and in him, all things hold together. So we're going to break that down into two parts. The first part says this. He is before all things. He's before all things. Now I can take a few different meanings on in our language. Before means different types of things. If you want to, the Greek word is pro, but it associates well with the word that we have, the, the, the prefix we have for, F-O-R-E. So we use the word for in several contexts. For instance, some of you, maybe this morning, when you turned on the television or you got on the internet and you looked at what the forecast was, right? Why do they call it forecast? Because it's talking about something future. It's before that, you're talking about something future. Uh, so what else do we have to do for? Forward. Was that forward? Forward, okay. And specifically, F-O-R-E is used for the forward to a book. And so at the very beginning of the book, before anything else comes, is the forward, right? So we got that. Um, forefathers, you know, we talk about that. They've come before. There's also, so not only a time sequence where it came in the past, but also we use forward for other things. Uh, for instance, your, uh, if point to your forehead, okay? <laughs> that was probably the, when talking about Mother's Day, it probably came before everything else. But it's also talking about space, and it's at the front of your head, you know. You don't walk this way, and this isn't the forehead, this is the forehead. So that's what the word for means. And when it's applying to Jesus, he was for, or before, everything else. Amen. Okay, spatially, obviously, uh, uh, in a very figurative sense, the scripture uses that as a way of saying that he's just better. He is supremely better than him before everything else. But it also means that literally, in a time sequence, just like we talked about before, he came before everything else. Now we know as we celebrate Christmas that there was a time, there was a date that he was birthed. We don't know the exact date, but we celebrated it on December 25th. And then it happened, you know, way back 2,000 years ago. There was a time he was born. But Jesus himself, when talking to the Jews, he said this. Before Abraham was born, I am. The word there means to exist, which means Jesus, even though he was born in the flesh and had a birthday, we could blow out candles like you and I, that he actually existed. He was before. He talks about with his prayer to the Father in John 17, about the glory that he shared with the Father before the world existed. Amen. You remember that story in the Christmas story when the wise men came from the east? And they go into Jerusalem and they say, hey, where's the king of the Jews that we might worship him? And Herod and all the people are like, what? What king are you talking about? And so Herod gathers together some of the people who know the Bible, the scribes, and he gathers them together. What do the scriptures say? Where will this king be born? They go and they quote to him out of Micah chapter 5. And where is he to be born? Do you remember what they say? In Bethlehem, right? In Bethlehem. And that's what we always gives us more about Jesus, talking about how long he's been. It says this. This is the whole verse. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be a ruler in Israel. So we always know that part. It's talking about the shepherd. But then it says this. Who's coming forth is from old, from ancient days. In fact, the words that are being used 
there and talking about that he comes from eternity, that he's always been. And so even before Jesus was born, it was talking about how, yeah, he would come and he would rule and it would be in Bethlehem. But that verse was actually talking about that he's always existed and that he'd show up fully God, fully man and lead his people. So the verse in Colossians is talking about the fact that he has always been. Whenever Paul uses that word before, it's always a time thing. So he's talking about Jesus saying, hey, he's always existed. He's always been, which means he's better than us. We should trust him. We should go to him. He's always been there. And he always will be. The book of Hebrews says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is Jesus. And so he is always a man. I want to go to the next part which says this. And in Jesus, all things hold together. All things hold together. And those verses hold together means to take two parts and to make them consist with one another. It's kind of like, how many of you kids like to play Legos? Alright, Hudson kids should shoot up their hands. I see hands in the back. Hey, come on adults. I know if you were to be truthful, some of you would say, I like to play Legos. Right? I'm seeing Jesse nod his head. we got a big fan over there. You take these Legos and they're, they're separate parts and then, and then you stick them on one each other, each other, right? They stick together. You're making them consistent. You're building, you're, you're putting together. Well, the scripture already told us that Jesus created all things. But he didn't just make masses of things and they're out there floating together. He took things and, and put them together so that they were, they were consisting with one another. So when we, if we were to take a microscope and we were to put it on a table here and we could go down into the depths of the things that are the smallest things in the world. Maybe we have an electron microscope and we could, we could get down into the nitty gritty and we would find things like molecules and atoms. And inside of those atoms, things like electrons and, and protons and some other tons. I don't know all the tons. I'm not scientist. I get all the tally know it. But Jesus, when he was creating the whole world, took electrons and protons and all those things and made them consist together. He was like a, a big Lego constructor with these little pieces. He made them exist and then he put them together and held them together with some type of crazy universal glue. <laughs> the scripture says that that glue was his word. Amen. In fact, in 2 Peter, it says this about his word, 2 Peter. The heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed. That's the same word that's being used in Colossians. The word that was put together, consisted together, out of water and through water, Wouldn't you love to play Legos that way? Alright, green block, red block, go together. <laughs> That's what Jesus did with molecules. And you know what? We can take a microscope and see the smallest things and see how Jesus did that. But if you were to switch out your scientific tool, and maybe some of you kids have this, you would, you would take and you could put on the stage a, a big, huge telescope. How many of you kids have a telescope or binoculars? You got some of those things? Alright, good. I got more waving hands. If, if we took that, maybe not in this room, but we sat outside and we would look up into the skies, into the heavenlies, and we would see all these things that are floating around the skies, right? We would see a solar system with planets and the moon and all these things floating around out there. But you know what? They're not just floating off on their own into outer space. God made them consist together into a solar system. 
And he made this solar system consist together with other things to make up a galaxy. And then all these galaxies consist together to make up this entire grand universe. And you know what? God, by his word, Jesus, by his word, made them all consist together, put them together. And so it doesn't matter the scale of the things that we're looking at in creation. God spoke and said, I want these things to be together. So he put together the protons and the electrons and all those things. But he also put together solar systems. And he also put together by his word and, and put together things like families. Amen. It was him who said, I want these to be together. And he put them together. So we see Jesus did that all over the place. That by his word, he was putting it together. But if we were to say that it's just Jesus at the beginning putting everything together, he would stop short of what that word means. Now let me let me tell you the reason why. Remember how we start out, we talked about when you buy a car and you drive down the lot, it falls apart. All right, we talked about that. But the word that's being used there isn't it that Jesus put everything together to begin with. But that as everything goes on, that he's the one literally speaking everything together. He keeps everything together. He keeps it together. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 1, I love this verse. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says this, that Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. The, things that, the thing that keeps the planets from just flying all over the place is that Jesus is speaking to them and saying, you continue on. The reason your head is not flying off your body right now is because Jesus is saying, Jason still needs his head. Okay? <laughs> it's good for Miss Betty to have hers too. Okay? He is literally speaking your head onto your body. That's why your eyeballs are popping out. That's why your legs are not falling out. Okay? Jesus is saying to your body, I want it to stay together. He's upholding your body and the rest of the universe by his word. That's Jesus. And I don't know about you, but that makes me consider Jesus to be pretty great. You know, because when I consider the way that I do things, I woke up this morning and, and realized, oh my goodness, i got to make a pie. Okay? I'm very good at forgetting things. I can barely, I can't keep my life together. I need somebody who's watching over me. I need somebody who's speaking into my life. And God gave me a great wife and even some brilliant kids and some others of you who have wisdom who speak into my life and say, hey, get it together. But what I know is I have this. I have a God who loves me, who looks at my life and says, I am holding you together. Literally, physically, I am holding you together. But I think if we stop there, we would still be short. Amen. I mean, God holds us together. He helps us. Even when we've come apart, He binds us together. And I'm going to admit something to you. You probably didn't think this about me, but... I already understand that I'm going to be an old man. Okay. I look in the mirror, I've got ear hair coming out, and it's already turning gray. Okay, I'm getting old. And one of the things that I, one of the reasons why I know I'm getting old is I wear old man slippers at night. Okay, don't tell anybody. I wear old man slippers at nighttime. I mean, I get into my PJs, and Katie and I are going to sit down, maybe watch some television. I, I say, wait, 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 pause it. I need to go get my old man slippers. So I go get my old man slippers, and the other week I was I was marching out in my old man slippers, and I stumbled. I said, "What's going on?" I looked down at my old man slippers, and once you know it, just like the rest of the world seems to be falling apart. 
the sole of my slipper was almost all up. It was flapping like. I said, Casey, you, you, you have to take those off. I said, I don't want to take off my old man's slippers. So you gotta, you got to take those off. You're going to break your old man neck. <laughs> she said, you take them off, double up your socks, whatever you've got to do to keep your feet warm. You can't wear them. So, you know, I'm the type of person, I don't like to just take things and throw them out in the dump. And so I did what you should do. I went and I found the best glue I could in the house. <laughs> Loaded it up, and I found them up, and I set them aside for 24 hours. And you know what happened? Got my old man's slippers back. You know, there was something that had to take these two parts and bind it together and keep it there. Something had to hold together my old man's slippers. And, 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 and sometimes if we were to look at the little things of life or the big things in the universe and realize that Jesus is speaking those things together. And yet when we say, Lord, if you were to take an examination of my heart, if you were to look at my life, it feels like everything is falling apart. I've got my old man heart here. And I'm being torn this way and torn that way and crushed this way. I don't think I can keep it together. Now, the cheap Christian books will tell you this. Well, just do this, that, and the other. A couple few steps and you're on your way to knowing that Jesus loves you. And that is true. But let me tell you what it took for Jesus to love you. It's not just by a, a few cheap steps. The scripture says that there was one thing that ripped you apart from God, and that was your sin. Was it somebody else's sin? I mean, we can blame Adam all we want. We were in sin. But it was because you were sinful that you were actually taken apart from God. You were not consistent with Him anymore in a relationship. And so when God saw you in your need, He chased after you. And in that chasing, what it says is that Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, the one who created everything, saw you not with him in relationship. You were going to die. And then be completely separated for forever from Jesus. And so Jesus, in his love, came down, and the story that should never get old in our lives took place. For while he took on flesh, he then gave up his flesh. Amen. And he bled and died on that cross. And that story, as often as we repeat it, it should never get old to us because even though one day the universe will melt under fire, and even our Legos will be no more, Jesus says, if he has forgiven you, that by the love that he displayed you on the cross by dying for your sin and forgiving you, he has now called you not to be apart from him, right? Amen. He has caused you to consist with him. He holds you to himself. His desire is that you wouldn't be far, but that he would draw you near and that nothing would separate you from the love of God. Amen. And so Jesus holds all things together. All things, and that includes you. Amen. And because he loves you, there is nothing that can rip you out of his hands. So when you sit in your grief and you sit in your despair, it's tough. 
And you say, my world is falling apart. There may be things in your life that are no are being taken out of your life. Somebody's died. <coughs> Something that's cozy and inconvenient. The sanctuary was taken away from us for a time. Something else in your life goes this way and that way. And you can know this. That while all the world might fall away from you because God loves you, He will never forsake you. He will never lead you to His closest disciples. And then to the rest He says this, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. He also told the disciples in John chapter 10, No one can take my sheep out of my hand. Amen. You will always insist in Jesus. He is speaking you into relationship. He's keeping you close by. He will let nothing rip you from him if you're his child. Amen. So I love those verses. Jesus is before all things. He's always been and always will be. He could have his mind on a ton of different things because he's God. He's got a lot to do. But when it says... That Jesus takes all things and puts them together. He's not only allowing us to consist as a creation. He is holding you to himself. So that you will live with him. And come what may in this world. But you will not be without him. His love is too strong for anything to take you away. So I know some of you today, this is a great day of celebration with your mother because there was times when your mother should have just dropped you, right? And she brought you in close and she held you in her arms and she said, I'm not going to let you get away with that. Or I'm not going to let you think that somebody doesn't love you, right? I'm not going to let you go hungry. I'm not going to let you go unclothed. And that's a gift to the rest of society. Okay. She brought you and she held you close. But guess what? The character of a mother comes from the character of God. Amen. He brings you in like a mother in, the scriptures say. And he brings you under the shadow of his wings and keeps you close. He keeps you in his arms. Never to be let go. You will be held together. And you will be held with Jesus. That's a good thing. Amen. So today we're going to close. And we don't have an altar up here. But we have a God who can be worshipped and prayed to anywhere. We're going to have uh, Stacy Parker. She's going to come sing a song about him in his arms. We can talk about moms. And we can talk about different things. And think about Jesus and being in his arms. There's nothing that's going to take you out. And if you should, in your heart, say, I need to go to the Lord and pray. I, I need to remember that He has me close. I need, to, I need to call upon His forgiveness. I need to remember that He has called me into this relationship. And I need to be tacked together with Jesus, just like Jason Slicker was pulled back together. Then come to the Lord and pray. You're welcome to pray in the front. I don't care. You can pray out in the kitchen. I don't care. You can go pray out in the field. But go be with Jesus. For he was before all things, and in him all things went together.